Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor, and then you decide for yourself. Hello and welcome to another episode of Deplorable Nation. It's episode number 55, Grimerica Time. I'm very excited today to have these two lovely gentlemen on the show. Uh, They are famous in the podcasting community. Everybody knows them. And thank you, my boy Ryan from Dangerous World Pod, for getting me in touch with these two because we have a lot of interesting stuff to cover this evening. So for me and for Deplorable Nation, welcome, Darren and Graham. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having us on, Janet. I'm excited. Thanks for having us on the show. Absolutely. So tell me like a brief background on you guys. Like, where are you? What do you do? Um, Stuff like that. Give our listeners a little snippet into the lives of Graham and Darren. We are just east of the Rockies, east of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, the freest uh, province in Canada right now. Amen. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) And we met like uh, about 10 years ago at, at, at work and uh, we talked about ancient mysteries and stuff like that. And I, I showed Darren um, podcasts and we went to a couple conferences together and we were talking about all these ancient mysteries and alternative history and it was something we had in common back then. And we decided to start up our own podcast. And that's how America got started way back when. Like about, And we thought it was too late at that time. We were like, oh man, is it too late to start a podcast? But we decided to try it out anyways and have like an interview style show, just having interesting people on, like people that we find uh, fascinating. That was it. So, yeah. so what about you, Darren? Got anything to add to that? No, I mean, it turned out it was too late. So we just spent eight years floundering. We'll probably flounder for another eight or 10 and then see where that takes us, uh, takes us from there. I mean, so, we can't uh, complain. Graham does it full time now. So, and that's it's, a bridge. So it's a lot of work for people that don't know um, or are thinking about getting into podcasting. And it's really difficult, especially for shout out to the people out there that do their show solo, because sometimes that is really difficult. But the amount of work that goes into podcasting and finding guests and researching topics and stuff sometimes can be overwhelming for people. How do you guys feel about what you do? Yeah, I was going to mention that exact thing that by yourself, it's very, it must be very difficult. I mean, we're, we're lucky. We have a bit of a, a bit of a routine. We got a bit of a flow going where Darren handles a lot of the technical stuff and the, the website stuff and the editing. And, and uh, we both shared booking for quite a while. Now that I'm not working my day job, I do the booking. But, and I would do the show notes and sort of read the books and do the research. So we've just, it's just sort of had an organic balance, but I don't know, I wouldn't be able to do it myself. I mean, that would be a whole different learning curve for me to take on all of Darren's part of this work too. So we we're, we find ourselves, I think we're pretty grateful, uh, the, the, the system and the flow that we have. Hey, Darren? Yeah, we do. Yeah. I'm not interested in doing any of the real work. So it just works out. <laughs> 
<laughs> run the stuff, run the technical side of things and run the business side of things and just let Graham, you know, go buck wild on the reading the books and narrating and everything else. So, Darren, I think you have the most difficult job because uh, tech is not my friend. I am a tech nerd uh, or retard, I guess, not nerd. I don't understand a lot of the tech stuff. I don't know how to do a lot of the stuff and I don't really want to learn. So how did you get into like being so knowledgeable on your end of things? Autodidact comes to mind. I just heard that word the other day. Does that describe you, Darren? Ooh, I don't that's know what that word, word means. <laughs> I think it's uh, you teach yourself. Stuff, yeah, but. I mean, I'm just sort of gifted in the sense that I could just figure stuff out. I've always been sort of lucky that way. I mean, honestly, it's weird to me when people can't figure things out. That's what seems weird to me. Oh, but I guess see, I need you as a, I need you as a friend. <laughs> You can give yeah, me one those. Who, one uh, who's self-taught, an automath. Yeah, yeah. I just it, some of the some of the stuff and everything is so technical these days, and it, some of it is just completely beyond my uh, comprehension. Even watching YouTube videos on how to do stuff, sometimes it's difficult for me. Now I'm more of the. Uh, knowledge person and, you know, researching and things like that. So uh, anybody out there likes tech stuff and you want to do tech things for me, reach out. <laughs> so um, was it weird when you guys had your first conversation at work? Like about conspiracy yeah, we, stuff? Yeah, we were and- introduced like, yeah, we were introduced that, hey, you guys should talk to each other, that, that kind of thing, because... Darren was into ancient aliens at the time, and I was into UFOs and all kinds of other stuff. And so one of your co-workers set that. you up? Yeah. It's probably weird. What? It was probably weirder for Graham because I like was pretty established in the company already, and he was just like on a ride along and stuff like that. So I just assumed he was just another family member of the owners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The last couple hadn't turned out real great, but he turned out to be all right. <laughs> you think you'll keep him? So far, he's a keeper. I mean, I, I think I, I think he's stuck with the me point now that I'm stuck <laughs> with him. Yeah, he's my cash cow. <laughs> so, have you guys had to deal with um, censorship on your show, like getting Probably. removed or you know anything like that? Yeah, I mean, that's another thing Darren's just been great at is he's figured out how to sort of like get our own server space and point our podcast to that server, sort of become independent with an RSS feed to the point where we don't really, we won't need iTunes and that kind of stuff eventually. I mean, ideally we have that because, you know, that's where most people find the show, but but we're insulated to a certain point. But yeah, we got strikes on YouTube and our Grimerica Outlawed, that was a new show that we started out a little more controversial and more of like a premium feed style show. And that got deleted off YouTube right away. And um, the other show got a couple strikes and we got, we got our, we got our, uh, some censorship in Apple iTunes from Dell big trees episode. So when anti-vax stuff is, it was even years ago before COVID was, was a very uh, sensor sensorious topic. Right. 
I've yeah. had that same kind of issue. I have been removed from a lot of places multiple times. And, you know, the funny thing is that I know they come after a lot of people, but it seems like they really like to attack females in the industry. And I think it's because there are so few. Have you guys had like female guests on that have had the same? Like, I feel like I'm a constant target. Oh, that's interesting. I did hear somebody else uh, say that and it shocked me because we've been, f- you're, you're, you're onto something about it being female. Cause I mean, we've been pretty lucky. We've had a lot of good feedback. We haven't had a lot of trolling really and, and or attacks. I mean, but I've heard now multiple females that have been sort of really uh, trolled hardcore. Oh yeah. I get some really interesting hate mail. <laughs> Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. One of the, one of my favorite ones was the lovely gentleman that told me he would like to uh, cut me up in a bathtub and watch me bleed out. That was nice. Made my day. Thanks for that, dude. Yeah. So I get some creepers. Not I wonder if lie. it's because of having deplorable in the title. Oh, who knows? I mean, it's but such you know, a, that's it's that's such just a, the thing. A, incandescent word these days that is you know you never yeah. so you could be just it's not even based on the content it's or you know it's just uh, this fucking deplorable bitch you know it's just like that yep. it's become such a hot button issue that people hate each other just for that but you know it's funny because i i wear that as a um proud name badge because the people that like to call names like my very first twitter that was really big and it got removed because I said something to um, two of our lovely news media people. Um, And anyway, they removed me, but it was a really long name. It was like deplorable redneck hillbilly rube cult member, blah, blah, blah. That was all in my name. Like anything the media calls, that's what I always stuck in my name title. So I wear that as a badge of honor. You know, I have broad shoulders. So tell me, so tell me like, um, what, what are your favorite kind of things to cover? These days, anything but COVID. (laughs) (laughs) No COVID. Uh, and I try to stay away from politics pretty much anymore, but what's your, what's your favorite kind of thing, Darren? We would have been better off to stay away from both of those. Um, I mean, I like the manifestation and magic and stuff like that, but it's all pretty fun if it's not about COVID and black pill stuff, you know? Yep. So are you still really interested in ancient civilizations? Yes, yes, for sure. How, do you do a lot of shows on that? Well, yeah, we just did a whole series on Rockfin for our other for our video stuff. Where America goes deep on Atlantis and all, all that kind of stuff. That's a it's fun stuff, you know. I think it's more honestly at this point probably more important than any of the other stuff. I mean, COVID and everything is so politicized at this point that facts don't matter. Right, it's just, that's very uh, true doesn't matter it doesn't matter what the fuck you say at this point it's a political issue it's a choice issue it's a belief issue and you're not going to change someone's mind Uh, you're not going to change a belief issue with facts 
So what about you, Graham? Like what's your, what's your favorite topic or favorite thing to cover? I mean, it's, it switches around and goes back and forth. I mean, I used to be into UFOs a lot, but then that got to the point where it's like, again, it's kind of like what Darren said in a way, it doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. Like the, now that the government's kind of, you know, we've kind of got some acceptance in it. I'm just like, now I don't believe anything I hear in the media. I mean, it could be because I'm so jaded from the media bullshit right. for so long. It just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't matter. I mean, I've, <clears throat> so I've kind of explored that one probably to death. I shouldn't say. Oh death. yeah. Which one, UFOs or the... UFOs. But I, oh. I kind of like, you know, occult, um, secret society stuff, um, symbolism, religion, ancient mythology, religion. And I, I mean, partly because I'm reading a lot of those old books right now, which kind of, they're, they're super interesting. I mean, and then that, that fits in with the ancient mysteries as well a little bit. So all that kind of stuff, synchronicity, I mean, you know, Sasquatch is fun, but... You know, it's it's uh, more more of that esoteric stuff. I think right now, that's pretty cool. So, um, I know that we talked a little bit before the show, but tell people like what your project is that you're working on right now, as far as the audiobooks and stuff. Yeah, Darren's uh, editing a bunch of audiobooks. I'm narrating them. Darren's editing them and we're putting them out. So we've read stuff like The Secret Teachings of All Ages and The Secret Doctrine from Blavatsky. So that first one was Manly P. Halls and then some Secret Society books and some other like rare esoteric books that are sort of out there. We've also been working for clients directly for people that we have have on as guests. Sometimes we do their books. So we're doing that's, that kind of stuff. And Darren, really Darren cool. just came out with his own book. So I read, I narrated his own book for him. And that just came out in audio about a week ago, I think. I'm excited to talk to you about that today. So Darren, tell everybody like what the name of your book is and how you came to write that. Uh, the book's called The Canadian Shame, The Indian Act and Residential Schools. And I just wrote it this summer uh, just because people are sort of paying attention right now. So it seemed important to maybe get some information to the surface and in an easy to digest form that isn't 500 pages long and, and is kind of leads to all the documentation as well. So tell people like, I know it's about the, um, you know, the changes that they've made to the laws and stuff there concerning Indian nations, Indian tribes, Indian bands, whatever you want to call it, um, in their particular verbiage. But tell people, like, why it's so important that you bring that to light right now. Well, it's important because in Canada, people are paying attention because they just found a bunch of grave sites and they're probably going to find a bunch more. So probably for the first time in history, in Canadian history, at least the average day-to-day citizen is paying attention or at least has some knowledge about uh, the not-so-distant past in Canada. And, I mean, a lot of this stuff is still a major, major problem today. So it's it's it needs to be dealt with probably sooner than later. It should be put to bed, I think, once and for all. It's been 150 some years and it's time to just, you know, negotiate some sort of exit. 
So are they are they just finding the bodies or the mass graves at schools, or have they found them anywhere else? No, it'll just be the schools for the most part. Which I mean, there's a I, lot of them. There's hundreds of schools. Yeah, I don't think they'll find them anyplace else. We we weren't. I mean, there's there's evidence of different things happening, and there was definitely some evidence of maybe trying to starve starve them out, starve us out. But um, it's not sort of like the same situation as the America had, where there was sort of all out war and massacres and stuff like that. There's not really any sort of a documented history of that in Canada, which is sort of what makes it a little darker is there wasn't a declared war. There wasn't a, a, there wasn't an altercation here, here. It was all supposed to be done above board uh, with everybody's best interests and heart. And it was supposed to be, you know, a friendly sort of union. And what we see is it was very much a super, it's kind of a good highlight of how, dark government and and institutions can get. I mean, if you look back in history, all the terrible shit is done by a government. I mean, you find me some shit in the past that is done en masse to a bunch of people that's not done by the government. And they're few and far between. They're few and far between. In the last fucking thousand years, the last 2,000 years, they're all done by government. Yeah, and I think... uh a lot more people are on board with that notion today because for a while it was, well, the government would never harm anybody. A government from any nation would never harden their own citizens. But then when people start digging into the governments, especially here, they have done so many horrid things. How about just people. locking in your house for, for a year and a half? Oh yeah. I was just going to say that. Again. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing is that, is that it's going in a direction where you, everyone else is get is going to start getting the same treatment that historically native Americans have been getting. Yeah. Where it's, yeah, you're stuck in a, you're stuck where you're stuck and you can't leave without permission. And That's why know, I was going to say the timing for that book is good now too, because it really does highlight how bad things have been that people don't realize and what's happening now. I mean, there was forced Definitely. vaccinations against the, uh, the native population like a hundred years ago, or right. I don't know exactly how many years, but it goes way, way back. And Darren noticed that I think one of the triggers for Darren writing the book as well is he noticed when he started to look back at this, that the government of Canada was removing the Indian act, the older versions of the Indian act from their websites. So right. Darren had to, he, he found that and, had it sort of re re rewritten or reprinted, copied, I guess, right, and then made that sort of available to people because it was pretty, you know, it was pretty damning. Not too long ago, what was going on? Yeah, and that's why I found it weird that, like, in twenty twenty, they changed some things. And I was reading through just like a brief thing, and one of the things that caught my eye was the fact that the government has the right to tell you. Like if they approve you as an Indian or not. And I know I heard you talk about that on another show where it wasn't at your daughter. That's not accepted as a, not considered an actual Indian according to the government. Well, in Canada, that's how it's always worked. Canada, the federal government's always decided who can be a registered Indian and who can't. 
that's interesting. Whereas because the, in I, the states, they had an option of becoming a citizen, right, Darren? In the states, difference in state in the states, the tri- individual dis- tribes decide who's a Indian and who's not. Now, I don't know if the terms legally have been changed in the states or not, so I should probably just use the term Native American. Right. I know the reason I use the term Indian is because in Canada it hasn't changed. It's still called the Indian Act. I'm still a registered Indian. I have a card in my wallet right now that has a registration number on it, and it says registered Indian. They did change the name of the department now, I think, to Indigenous and Northern Affairs instead of Indian Affairs. But uh, like I said, I'm still a registered Indian in the eyes of the government, so I still use the term Indian. But I don't know what... uh, what the Native Americans want to be called. And maybe it's Native still these days. I'm not sure. In Canada, and what else is there in Canada? It's indigenous now. It's, it, it, there's three different categories, right? The Métis, the Indians. Métis, and, in, Indian, and Inuit. And Oh, oh, that's the third one? Okay. Well, I thought it was something else. I've only read the book like twice. So what other things like does the government control that you – your like the the Indian people do not get to control themselves. What else is under? Well, the government, government owns all the land. Every stitch of it. The government owns all the land. So the they can tell you to move at any time. To the, Native, to the for the Native American people, they hold our land in trust as long for registered Indians. And now they decide who's a registered Indian, which is a trend that goes down, down, down. Right, because because they decide who's a registered Indian. So as the registered Indians disappear, there's no land left over. There's no so the the this is the thing that a lot of Canadians don't understand is, you know, well they've got their land that should be the end of it. Well, they don't have any land. They've got land that's owned by the federal government. So and we we have a lot of problem on a bunch of reserves here with clean drinking water and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, should should those communities be spending their money to to cultivate lands they, that they're that right now there's no clear path to for them to ever own if you're an indigenous person in Canada and you want to own land you have to leave the reserve and buy it now you can go get free housing on the reserve and assimilate but if you want to own land you have to leave the reserve and go assimilate is that That's- my so that's one of the ways they get they get people off the land so that they can take over more land and, and get it gets shrunk down and down and down is because they want to get people to assimilate into this culture. And this is right. what they've been trying to do. Like they've been officially and overtly doing this for 150 years. I mean, right now it's not as overt, but I mean, back in, <clears throat> I think what Darren's book also shows, which people might not realize the extent of this, is that the residential schools were these schools all over Canada they were like boarding schools, basically, and they forced youth, Indian youth, native youth, indigenous youth to go to these schools, to leave their families, like took them away from their families and put them into these schools where they got abused sexually, physically, emotionally. They tried to rip their culture away from them, take away their spiritual culture completely. They can't talk in your language. You can't use your name. We're giving you a number or a different name to use. Hey, Darren, is that about yeah, uh, the gist of it? about the gist of it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then dying on mass and then what tuberculosis and other, other things. And they're mm-hmm. trying to take the Indian out of the kid. 
That's what right. they've said they were doing. Like, I mean, this is all in the official documentation. I mean, it's it's disgusting what's happened. Yeah, and it is. And um, I just want to commend you for bringing light to that situation because I am sure there are a lot of people who don't know the history, don't know that anything like that has happened. Just like here in the United States, there's a lot of history that people don't realize that happened and groups of people that were experimented on or the same kind of things were done to them. And it's like, just swoosh it under the rug because, you know, we wouldn't want to expose the government for what they really are and what they really stand for. Experimenting on people like lab rats. Well, they're probably doing that now. They are doing that now. (laughs) Oh, oh, definitely. Except now it's in the billions. <laughs> now it's worldwide. Everyone's on board. Yeah. So I heard you also say something about different hunting rights. Is it better or worse than uh, normal people? Well, depends, uh, I I don't know. I don't know about normal people, but. Uh, I don't. Um, I didn't mean it that way. I'm saying like people who are not given those rights as you know, indigenous or Indian or whatever words that people want to use to be PC. How how is it different for you? Like, are things uh, well, unlimited it varies or province? It varies province to province, and probably gotcha. state to state as well. But where I am, it's pretty unlimited. Because I know that you do a lot of hunting, correct? Yep. I do a ton of hunting. Well, I mean, you can only do so much um, because I'm a big game hunter. So, you know, a few animals a year pretty much does it. But, uh, you know, usually five or six times a year anyway. And whenever I don't get anything. What's your What's your favorite kind of wild game? Antelope. I've never had antelope. I like black bear. That is really tasty. <laughs> yeah, I don't eat bear personally, but uh, anybody that wants to send me a giant black bear steak, I would love you forever. <laughs> so I think the uh, I think I think in nor- the normal hunting rights, you have like sometimes for, even for what do- the bigger game like moose and elk, people have to pull lotteries or something like that, Darren. Or how does that work? Well, again, that that's all uh, provincially and state. Oh, right, right. Problem. So the only thing that's federally federally done in Canada are migratory birds, which I think I can hunt whenever. And there's a couple of three month seasons for for um for the whites, <laughs> um, but. <laughs> everything else is provincially so it's hard to it's hard to say it's hard to comment on hunting rights because uh it's very it's only in my take on everything from a uh, a non-native standpoint and a native standpoint are both very limited to alberta only once you get to bc it changes drastically um in Saskatchewan, I think it's pretty similar. And in the States, I have no idea. Uh, yeah. 
So, Graham, do you hunt too? No, no, not really. I just, I just uh, eat the meat. <laughs> I like. I've the helped meat. Darren. I helped Darren once. Uh, technically, not helping him, but I, I helped him carry it out of the woods once, and I'll be going again with him. But I don't generally do it. No. Have you have you made him field dress an animal yet, Darren? Well, he's helped out. He's watched. <laughs> he's helped watch. <laughs> I pulled the legs. He's I, I held the legs. I made him carry a leg out of a moose. Ooh, so. That's that's some work right there. Yeah, we're going elk hunting in November. That'll be some work too. Oh, I almost Very didn't nice. even make it out. I mean, I it was so hard. You might yeah. not make it out in November. <laughs> Yeah, because that that is a really heavy weight for people to lug out after a kill into a place where, you know, you're not getting, I don't know what it's like where where you are, if there's a lot of uh, bear and uh, predator prey where you're at, as far as like trying to get the meat out without a, a scavenger trying to steal it from you on your way out. Well, we've had some. I've, I've had. We've had some bear issues. We think in the past we seen a bear when we shot the moose, but it didn't come around. I mean, usually there's enough of us, and I've always got my shotgun there in case a bear wants to fuck around. So I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> I mean, then I'll just have a bear too. See, I like bear. Now, I don't think I'd want either grizzly bear, but yeah, black bear's pretty good. No, but so, people get killed here by bears all the time. I mean, I think it's three or four people in Alberta this year already, a couple by a grizzly and another by a black bear. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got uh, people, you know, related to my family, you know, like, I don't know how it works if it's like your uncle's brother through marriage, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's really related, but I've got, you know, people that close to my family that have been killed by bears, so. You know, when I go into the woods, I don't fuck around. Bear spray is not going to do anything. It, right. It's not going to do anything. It's, it, I mean, there's there's a chance if you get, well, if you get it in the face. Just right, you get it right in the face. But if that thing's already coming at you, you might yeah. as well forget it. I mean, if you might not stop it with a shotgun if it's coming at you. There's a reason that people have sidearms for that, you know, very reason. People, people get found mauled with fucking guns in their hands all the time. Well, especially that's why I carry a shotgun because with a bolt action rifle, you know, you're only going to get probably one shot with a very small projectile. Right. And it's not something that if you just, you know, break its arm, it's probably not going to stop because it's in that fucking mode. So do so you guys it, have any like scary hunting stories of things that have happened? No, no. I mean, we've, I've had, we've had bear crashing through the bush, bear or something, you know, where you're honking the horn, shooting shots in the air and it sort of keeps coming at you doing spring hunt, deer, spring deer hunt when the bears, bears are just waking up. But, uh, I mean, we just sort of, we still got our deer. We just drug it out to the road with the sort of rifles pointed into the bush and, and threw it in the back of the truck and took it out to dress it someplace else. Yep. Do you guys make and jerky then I do out a lot of, it? of prairie hunting? So in the prairies, there's really no problems. Like in the prairies, I don't even think about it. In the prairies, you can kind of just completely let your guard down. Compared, to, we're right in that spot where the where the prairies meet the Rocky Mountains, and it's just like 
Uh, there's so many species of animal running around here from, you know, two or three different species of deer, antelope, uh, bighorn sheep, moose, elk, caribou, bison, muskox. You might even be able to get oh. muskox in, in the far northern WMUs of Alberta. You've never eaten that, have you? No, it's a pretty What's, a, what's pretty a muskox? Lean. A muskox is kind of similar. It's kind of like a cross between a buffalo and a deer, maybe. Wow. Yeah, and I heard that the meat is Super really, lean. really nasty to eat, though. Like it has that odor to it. I don't, I don't know that I'd. Yeah, want to so try does that. a white tail. So does a white tail deer. I mean, but people love white tails. But I personally, I don't eat a lot of white tail. I prefer mule deer. Or a sheep or a antelope. Like I said, antelope, antelope eat a lot of sage. Depends what time of year and where you're shooting them as well. I mean, you just got to think about what they're eating. If they're eating a bunch of pine and shit in the mountains, then they're going to be gamey. Ooh, yuck. <laughs> I, that just made me think of pine-flavored meat. I don't think I want any of that. Well, we um, have prairie moose here, prairie elk. So and do you, I mean, do you make deer, a lot of jerky? Yeah, jerky, yeah. sausage, whatever. Oh, I love splatter. that. So, Graham, you're going on the next big hunting trip? No, I'm going on one in uh, November where the uh, there's a military base out here. It's known as the uh, Canadian Area 51, although it's not really got anything uh -oh. special going on. But there's a huge, <laughs> there's a huge base there where uh, it's a few hours away, and they have so many elk that I guess – Darren registers to go in for this hunt and they let a whole bunch of hunters in to shoot their elk. So I'll, I'll go with them last time, but last time it was snowy and they, they, I think they walked like many kilometers with, with the game coming out. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm a little leery about joining them on this one. If it's going to be like a, <laughs> a marathon event, but I'll, I'll help out. It depends if it snows or not, but we're going to bring some shovels. So. Now, are you guys allowed to take like an ATV or anything like that? No, to, I think you're allowed horses. Horses? Might be allowed horses, yeah, but no. Off well, I can take ATVs other places, but not to the base. Oh, well, that would kind of suck if you got anything big and you had a lot of snow to get through. So, hmm. Yeah, last Very time we just hauled it like four miles. <laughs> no big deal, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you don't need to work out. Anything. You don't need to work out if you're dragging your own meat out of the bush constantly. Ask Graham. Is that a true story, Graham? Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, I can't, I couldn't even get the, the leg of the moose out. So I don't know how they did that. And one. if you had no grocery store, you'd be doing that once every two weeks. If you had no grocery store and, 40 or 50 people to feed, you'd be doing that on an almost weekly basis. Yeah. Sounds like fun, huh? It sounds fucking great. <laughs> Better than what most of us are doing all day. That's Hey, that's true. I think there are a lot of people that would agree with you that they would much rather go hunting than go to their jobs. So, you know, unless, unless of course, they're lazy and then they'd have to carry it out, and then it wouldn't be any fun. Or some people think it's fucked up, but I mean, I think it's fucked up to have no relationship with your meat. I have True. a very intimate relationship with my meat. So are, do you guys fish a lot or no? I do, yeah. 
Do you, Graham? I don't. I don't really eat fish. I don't catch, and I don't eat a lot of meat. I don't catch, unless the exception would be chicken and pork. But I usually trade that or buy it from the farm. That's good. But I won't buy fuck all from the grocery store. Nothing. None of my not none of my meat source comes from a grocery store. Not one bit of it. Yeah, and that's a good thing. And you're very lucky in that aspect because there are a lot of people that don't have that option anywhere near them other than to go to the grocery store. So, you know, it's, it's so much better if you can get, if you live somewhere near a farm or anything like that, where you can trade or buy or whatnot from a local farmer or I'd be thinking about having some control <clears throat> of your food source. Cause if you don't have any control over your food source, you really don't have any control over your life. You are yeah, 100% living at somebody else's convenience. And if that convenience runs out, I yep. mean, what are you going to do? That's very true. So are you both preppers or no? Uh, not technically, but I mean, we're, I, I'm not as prepared as I should be, but Darren's just more of, he's just not like he's buying, I mean, he's shooting his food for the winter and he's got some canning and he's got, you know, like Darren's kind of more just naturally doing that the way he's living right now. Mm-hmm. And I've got, I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit prepared, but I'm not as prepared as I should be for what's happening. Yeah. We're supposed to have some interesting things coming down here very soon. So we're going to see like how many people are really prepared or not. I'm at the point of preparedness where I'm getting like the luxury preparedness items now. Right. I can start to think about coffee, long-term coffee and sugar. (laughs) And I just bought a handgun today. I'm going to get a couple of handguns just to have in the safe, just in case I need them. But I mean, as far as like guns and ammo go, I'm, I'm good. I could, I could keep myself fed for the next 20 years with just what I've got in my safe. That's fantastic. And I can keep myself fed with it for the next six months, which is what I've got under my roof which I think is probably a good way to live your life. And if you exactly. can't if you can't live your life that way, you should be maybe that'd be the first thing I'd be looking at changing because you don't have to hunt it and you don't have to go out and spend $1000 right now, but you can start buying a couple extra things every week. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just get a deep freeze or something like that where you've just got some stores where you're not because, I mean, there was a time where I was literally living like three days at a time, where it literally like a small, a small scale problem could really upset your life. And that's a st- thing to start looking at, especially post-COVID, is if like, if, if a week is a problem, then, you know, maybe have like, you don't need six months. That's probably a bit on the, on the long end. If you have, if you have a month, you're probably good. Because that's just a month more of being able to just think clearly. Because after three days of not eating, you're not, this is the thing no one realizes is now you're not really thinking right. You're not really sleeping right. And your chances of successfully going out and getting food are diminishing quickly. Exactly. But if you have a belly of even just rice. So maybe you just buy a hundred pounds of rice. It costs you 50 bucks. And you've got a hundred pounds of rice stored in your thing. And that's just one thing you don't have to think about. Hey, I can eat this rice. 
won't have all the nutrients I need, but it's it'll I can last on it for a few months for sure. Yeah, and I think that's really Full important. Belly and I'm not going crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which especially of kids, I have kids, so I mean that's kind of where I come from. Is that I'm responsible for other people and they need to be fed because mm-hmm. everything we have here. I mean, I come. I was very close with my grandma coming up, and like my hometown didn't have like when I was a little kid. There was no real like grocery store in town there was Mm -hmm. some smaller one that you could get most of your stuff but it's super super limited because i'm from very far north the mining town where you know now by the by the 90s that had already changed a lot we had we had by you know by by the time i was like 14 or 15 we had a couple of supermarkets but when I was a kid, I was still very much raised. Grandma was getting everything in the garden. Dessert was berries from the garden, blueberries mm-hmm. that we had gone out picking. You know, we'd be going out in August. It would be the time of year where we'd be out, you know, three days a week. Grandma would be taking us down, down, down and down the bush roads and we'd be picking blueberries all day and we'd fill up, you know, 20 or 30 ice cream pails of blueberries and they'd get frozen and that would be our dessert sort of all winter long and raspberries. Mm-hmm. Grandma was growing lots of stuff. So that's sort of where I grew up was a small enough and out of the way enough place that I seen my grandma doing that all the time. Everything was canned. Everything was sort of done like that. Farmer's market still, you'd buy a lot of stuff on mass. And then uh, I just sort of got back to that. And hunting, you just naturally always have a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I shoot a moose, that's, you know, when the moose we shot this year was 200 pounds of meat. That's fantastic, though. And Yeah, that's just a little moose. So, you know, I mean, you've always, you, it's kind of hard to go week to week on meat if you're hunting any sort of big game. Now, that can get tricky if you're, if you don't have unlimited hunting. I know in Alberta, if you're willing to work hard enough, it doesn't matter. Like Graham, even right now, could go get his, it might be too late for this year, but next year, Graham could do his hunter safety course and his pal now, so that he'd have his license by next spring. He could sign up for his draws. The only thing he's guaranteed to get down here, right here, is a deer. But if he's willing to drive eight or nine hours up north, he can go get, take a shot at moose all day and elk all day. There's bighorn sheep general tags. So there's a bunch of general tags you can get if you're willing to drive 8 to 12 hours. Now, that might seem like a lot, but if I can drive 12 hours up north, so I take you know a week off work, maybe not even, maybe we take a five-day weekend, you drive 12 hours, you stay in a hotel, and you spend two or three days hunting an animal that's going to add three or 400 pounds of meat to your freezer. Because the moose we shot was a fucking baby. Right. That's 200 pounds. A big moose, you're going to get six or 700 pounds of meat off of. Yeah. Now you're good for the year. Even a bull elk, you're good for the year. I think the rule for the general bull elk tag in Alberta is it's got to have at least three points. Um, so, I mean, you so know. So, when you say when you say drive, is that because the tag is good for that area, that territory? Well, there's, there's, there's a million and a half people in Alberta. So, they right. can't let everyone, or in, in Calgary. So, in the general area around Calgary and Edmonton and where all the people in Alberta live, if they let everyone get a moose, you'd have 100,000 people in this general area going to look for a moose. Mm-hmm. But now if they say, if you're willing to drive 12 hours up to northern Alberta, anyone can go shoot at moose. 
And what happens is 99.9% of those 100,000 or 150,000 hunters in Alberta don't want to do that. Right. They're not willing to do that. Or they'll go try and they won't get anything or their work doesn't allow them to do it. I mean, the day jobs really fuck a lot of people out of a lot of things they could do otherwise. But I mean, Graham and I are very close to being in a position where for us to go spend two weeks hunting buffalo up north would not be a problem. Yeah. And see, I would love that because around here, we have turkey, we have uh, lots of deer, tons of deer, uh, lots of deer, lots of turkey. And that's it as far as game wise in the area that we live in. But they're very plentiful. There's a lot of them and a lot of fishing. But and a lot of small people to think about too, like, uh, you know, pheasant and squirrel. I mean, there's a whole a bunch of people down in Southern USA that are eating squirrels all day. I've never tried it personally. Oh, I, but I've eaten squirrel. Yeah. I've had, I'm, I've had sure a lot good. of different game and, um, like even snapping turtle is really good. I like that too. But around here, as far as like big game stuff outside the deer, there's, there's nothing. So we would definitely have to drive a very long way to get to anywhere where they have big game hunting. So. Yeah. And then if you're in some place, like some places suck, like, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's usually resident based. So if you're Alberta citizen, you can go hunt anywhere in Alberta and, and, you know, I don't know exactly how those rules work. I could be wrong about some of the finer details because I've never mm-hmm. done it. I've never gone and got a tag for an animal and I never mm-hmm. will. But unless I do, I mean, I might get to the point where I might want to do some Alaska stuff or something like that mm-hmm. when I'm older. And then I might have to do that because I don't know how my rights transfer out of country. I know my status card will get me into the States without a passport and it'll get me there right now while the border shut down and stuff. I can still freely drive over into the States and stuff like that. But I don't know if it'll transfer for hunting. And I could see there's some there's some places in the states I could see myself wanting to possibly go and do some hunting down the road, more more for um, more for just the experience of the scenery and and everything oh, else. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. It's just sort of a, a different sort of immersion into the wild than than hiking and things like that because you're very much trying to be one with nature. Whereas right. hiking, you're sort of visiting nature in my opinion. Whereas hunting, you you've I mean, sometimes you can just drive up and shoot stuff, but as Graham noticed, it's mostly stalking around the woods, creeping into the very much a predator, you know, it's like uh, very much like a predator. So, so Graham, did you enjoy your experience when you went with Darren? Eh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the, yeah, I enjoyed some of it. Yeah. I enjoy getting out in the, in nature and that part of it. And I just, you know, I just don't like the killing aspect and the, and the, uh, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people that's really hard, but me, like I just love nature anyway. And I spend most of my time outside just so, you know, I can watch all the different animals that come into the yard or listen to, you know, the trees wrestling or, or whatever. And, I just love that. That's that's my thing to do. That's my happy place or my calm time. Um, because I'm not I'm not a big like social media person or TV or anything like that. I'd rather spend my time outdoors. So 
even if it's like now where it's hotter than Satan's ball sack. So I still like <laughs> and to be I totally outside. Appreciate, I totally appreciate like that I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I don't want to kill things, but I eat meat all the time. So, you know, that's, that's an yeah, issue but it's, in a way. It's, but. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard to do like, um, like we talked about having pets, you know, and having to think about animals and that's that aspect. Cause I literally talk to any piece of nature that comes up. So like birds, wasp, you know, deer, I'm always talking to deer in the yard, which I never see a squirrel here, which is weird, but you know, like I'll, I'll talk to any of the animals that come around here. It's really hard to actually kill something if you're not in that mindset. So I agree. It's hard for some people. I mean, Darren's embraced it uh, like amazingly. I, I feel like since he started learning how to do it all and he's just uh, kind of a natural at, yeah. at the whole thing. I mean, the, the hunting itself, the prepping it, the killing it, the psychological part of it. I mean, he's just, he's yeah. just, uh, it's in his blood or something. <laughs> you know, but, but one thing about it though, is like whenever you do get to the point where you either have to hunt or you die. You know what I'm saying? If if it came down to that situation, then you're like very thankful to the land and to nature for allowing you to have, you know, the the opportunity for food and that and that changes a lot of things for people. So Definitely. Yeah. So, what do you guys got coming up? Anything new and exciting you're working on? Uh, actually I'm working on a recovery book, uh, or a recovery sort of process with some meditations and stuff, um, about, uh, intention, like intentional recovery, kind of using mm-hmm. some of the stuff Darren was, was talking about earlier, like the manifestation kind of stuff. And uh, just a little bit right. about that, that group intention, that kind of stuff, I'm working on a little bit of a book on that. I want to say it out loud. So it sort of inspires me to, to finish it. And then we'll do that on audio and, uh, you know, get those meditations out there. And, and then we're just working on our, I mean, we have two, two podcasts and a Rockfin channel. So we're pretty busy with all that. Plus a lot of audiobooks. and right. Darren's got some, uh, organized some trips. So we got some trips upcoming. We've got oh, yeah, uh, the tours, yeah, the tours. Like we've got a couple of tours with Randall Carlson, one in, in Arizona called magic on the mountain with, Joe Roop and Owen Hunt and Brandon Powell. So we're doing some like Wim Hof breathing and some sort of, um, what, what's the, what's the one Owen, uh, says reality trend surfing and, and, uh, Joe Roop kind of more of a, a hermetic, hermetic type magic. So that'll be a really interesting event. So yeah, lots of stuff going on like that. Oh, so you guys are going to be traveling then taking your show on the road. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying not to let this whole thing shut, you know, like we're trying to just blast on forward as if, uh, you know, and just sort of create our own reality here. I've illegally traveled several times this year already. (laughs) Or whatever we're calling it. I mean, I think it's perfect. Clearly it is because I was able to do it without any problems. Well, that's, that's a very good thing. Um, I don't know. I hope you guys don't encounter any issues because we're expecting 
within the next week or so for like literal hell to break loose and mandatory lockdowns. And they've said, you know, you have to show the, you know, <clears throat> jib jab passport at the border. So we shall see what happens. We're here at our border. Uh, yeah, to get into the United States, supposedly that's a new thing. So I don't or know. I don't have to worry about that. I've also got uh, fake vaccine papers, which I encourage everyone to make their own. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's supposed to be like um, a huge thing because they've uncovered so many fake ones uh, that now that's why they're talking about the digital tracking that they want to put in your wrist or hand. I mean, it's not going to happen either though. It's the thing because, because there's just like, they don't what they can't even get my fucking Netflix to work all the time. I mean, there's no (laughs) way that what happens when there's fucking 17 or 170 million people across North America trying to scan their shit at the same time because there's a football game or they're going to the pub or the, the amount of, but I mean, I guess they do it with bank cards to a certain extent. But it costs. They're, they're going to try billions I mean, and yeah. billions and billions of dollars, which I guess we'll see if they're willing to. Exp- In Canada, it's going to be tough. I mean, we're so far spread out that uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, me and a couple of my buddies could take down most of Alberta's cell network in probably you know a long evening with mm-hmm. just a couple of hatchets and some pickup trucks. If that happens, I didn't do it. Exactly. I was just going to say, I, mean, I don't know I, I anything think they're gonna about try. that. <laughs> you know, they're going to try to do this, Darren. I, I, Darren yeah. and I dis- disagree on a lot of stuff about what's happening or, or the future of it. Yeah. Well, I think um, it just it doesn't matter what happens to me. I just. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that uh, for now, though, I think that they're just talking about vaccine passports and you're still able to go in with a negative test result. I mean, I don't know if that's going to change at all, but the fine print, usually the fine print is. Is there like I just I just don't believe half the shit I hear on either side of the media. I know, you know on that's on, the, true. on the on the fear on either fear side, the right. fear of the tyranny or the right. fear of the COVID. It's all just so extreme. All I mean, credibility yeah. is out the window. Yeah, all, yeah, I just don't. I I take in a bunch of stuff and I really don't believe fucking any of it. Hardly. I mean, I just like to look at the the real data, the real stats, and the real experiences that I've had, and and just go with with that. You know, it's just. So get everybody's just lying right now. They're exactly. lying through their teeth. <laughs> and see, that's that's where we're at completely. Like we live in our own little bubble out here, and it's a happy bubble. And we're just going to continue living our lives every yeah. day like we are. And yeah. we don't watch the news. We don't give a rat's but kind about any of that stuff and so there is a bunch of bs on both sides and quite frankly i'm tired of hearing it so we just kind of tune out and do our own thing and it's happier that way and i'm not saying it's not going to be a challenge when when they start forcing us uh who aren't jab a jab to you know to do things i mean i'm i'm prepared emotionally for that time when i i don't care if i like we separate into different societies or whatever i mean i'm ready for any of that stuff emotionally i don't think i'm physically ready or prepped for for that kind of that kind of challenge but you know i I, we've we've been we've been talking about this potential for nine months now a year that this is coming so it's interesting 
interesting to see it, it happening. It's really interesting to see it happening. I mean, it's, I, I have to learn to look at this in more of like that gamified way in, in a sense and just appreciate what's going on, which I do. I do constantly, but it's also disappointing. It's also very disappointing in humanity to see how easy this has just gone down this path. Yeah, that's very so true. It's, it's like a constant struggle of just uh, accepting what's happening and appreciating it and not getting disappointed in everybody. So, you should be less disappointed. More people are awake to things than ever before. That's very true. And and I think that backfired a little bit um, when they did the first lockdown here. It made more people go, what the hell is going on? And start researching things. And I don't think they ever thought that would happen. So, didn't Cuomo did just not, get fired? He, he resigned. And that's yeah. the funniest shit ever. That is he resigned, the funny. But you know. He was so smug and he just has to resign. When yeah, I would and, just like see Trudeau have to resign. It would be so funny. Yeah. And yesterday I mean, it was. I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not going to pay taxes anymore. But um, <laughs> it's still funny. It's still funny to me. when I Because I guess I was the last person to find out that Cuomo had to resign. I just found out like a couple hours ago. And I just, but you like, know what oh, was so funny? Well, like we're. Right after his press conference, you know, like I have a friend that lives in New York. And so he's like, hey, Janet, guess what's going on? He's like, he just resigned. I'm like, no shit, because he just said yesterday he refuses. And I said, oh, you know what? I bet his brother is going to completely fake cry on his news show tonight while he's talking about this. And he goes, nope, not going to happen. And he sends me this article and it says Chris Cuomo is taking a long awaited or long planned vacation. And I was like, hmm. So one resigned. The other one's not having his news show tonight because they're playing an AOC special because he's on a uh, wank planned vacation. And oh I was like, God. hmm. I heard the, he's the Homo it. brothers are escaping New York for some reason. I heard that that his he's gonna get uh, toasted from CNN too. Well, it would I not mean, surprise me because now, he right? is Toasting yeah their little promo thing over the last year and a half looks just yeah. disgusting. He's crooked as shit too. <laughs> I mean, they both are. So the only one that we're waiting to see fall next is the governor of California. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Let me expand a little bit on my disappointment in humanity. I mean, yes. I, I think it's, for me, it's Canada. Like the, you guys in the States are fine and for the most part, except, I mean, well, let's say. Well, I'm fine. I don't know for, about anybody else. Except for the big else. cities. No, <laughs> I, I, you know, and Europe and Europe's pushing back and other yeah. places seem to be pushing back, but Canada's just so lost. I feel like. I have friends that live in Canada, and they said that it's because uh, Canadians are so nice that they're just like, oh, sure. Like, whatever you want to do. Okay. Pretty much. Pretty much. What were you saying, Darren? Well, I just don't think people, we don't care. I mean, I think there's just more of Canadians don't care what the government says, and they just carry on with their life, and they don't Mm -hmm. bitch. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's a whole lot of that going on. Like. Technically, Alberta had some of the harshest rules in the world for a while. Where right. next outside of Australia, where you weren't allowed to have people over in your house or outside right. of your house, 
Well, I had my whole fucking family here from Manitoba for a week and a half at Christmas parked out front. And I remember being worried in the beginning, but no one said a fucking thing. And if they did say anything, the police that picked up the phone were like, we're not interested in enforcing that. Yeah, but I'm talking more about masks and jabs. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff they're following along. Well, maybe that's their decision to make, though. I mean, yeah. that's their decision to make. They, think, I know. That's why I'm disappointed. That's I mean, they could be just as disappointed. They're just as disappointed in you. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. And I mean, you might as well be disappointed than someone for believing in a different God than you, because that's the level of game that we're at here. Yeah. Yeah. But here we've got this thing now where um, they there's so much hatred toward people that won't get it. That now the hashtag is get the shot or get shot. And so now it's like they're wanting to kill everyone that doesn't, or they want us all in concentration camps, or I guess that's what I'm talking know, about. Like mass, I guess that's what mass I'm talking murdered about. or what I'm disappointed that so many people fell in line so that now we're reaching this point of yeah. hate. And and to I me, don't care if people want to choose their own thing, but now it's coming back on the people I love. They're yeah. under massive pressure. They've already fallen yeah. for the pressure yeah. and got it and been injured by it, to be honest with you. To yeah, be injured by it. Where I haven't seen any of this in my day-to-day. I don't know. I know. And I know. No one in my life has got any pressure to get any shots from That's anybody. good. I know. That's yeah. great. I know. Yeah, there's the there's same. a lot of that here because like even my daughter, she's in another state in college and it's like, no, you're going to and you're going to do everything we tell you to do. And I'm like, no, you're not, because if you don't want to, that's your choice. And here's what your state laws say, you know, and I urge people, if you don't want to cave and you don't want to give in, look up your state laws and see what your state laws say. Because some people do still have rights. You just have to know where to find them and how to fight for them. So, yeah, it's the court of public opinion, which is going to rule this one, I think. And that's going to be, uh, and there's so many people brainwashed right now. They hate the people that aren't jabbed. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And if you want to give in and get the shot, that's fine too. I mean, I'm first to that. It's personal choice. Because I don't think that anything that I believe about it is the truth. I don't know if anything that comes out of my mouth at all is the truth. I could be completely wrong. And the last fucking thing I want to do is convince a bunch of people not to do something and then they get sick and die from it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the science is still completely out. I mean, that's the reason I'm not interested is because I'm not interested. Right. I'm not worried about this and I'm not worried. I'm not worried about COVID and I don't think the science is proper on the vaccine. Yeah. Now I reserve the right to change that opinion at any time in the future. Yeah. Whether that's because it's been ten years and people from the vaccine are in general seem okay and there's a deadly strain of COVID around, maybe I change my tune. But in general, right now it's all pretty fresh. It's all pretty fresh tech. It's all pretty fresh everything. And mm-hmm. I'm not immediately I don't yeah. I don't have an instance where I'm worried about COVID. Now if I had to 80 year old parents living with me. Now, what do I do? Now I'm in a different spot because they're in the position maybe where if they get COVID, they're probably going to die. So now, I mean, so what decision do those people make? What about the people who have someone at home who just got new kidneys or a new liver? People that literally, right. if they get COVID, they're, they're toast. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to, 
call those well, they go brainwashed because they probably made a fucking educated decision at some point down the line. Yeah, but we're not getting all the information again because there's a bunch of prophylactics. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that could be. There's vitamin Z, vitamin right. D, vitamin C, zinc. You know, all these things that, that all these that things you know better than that person. And I'm not. I'm just telling that. you what the doc, what a lot of the doctors and scientists are saying. That's all. I'm just saying there's a right. bunch of early treatment. There's a bunch of. Uh, I agree on preliminary all stuff points. that could be done for people I agree at risk. On all those points, but it's still yeah. not my decision to make for yeah. any other sovereign yeah. human being yeah. or no, not my yeah, place. To judge them on any decisions they've made as a sovereign human being, unless it gets to the point where that decision is to come after me and mine. Exactly. Now, right. now right. that's a decision I'm prepared to face. I mean, right. that's where I guess the rubber meets the road. But like, yeah. I, like I say, I mean, I haven't actually seen that, and I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, and everybody. You know, everybody should have the option to make their own decision and their own choice. And I just want to say for all the social justice warriors out there that are always screaming about equal rights and equality for everybody, you people are hypocritical assholes if you're also on social media wanting to kill, hurt, mass incarcerate or whatever somebody that makes a different decision than you do because if you're truly for equal justice and equal rights and equality of everyone then you should not have any dog in this fight other than to actually fight for everybody to be equal so if you're claiming you are one of these people requesting equality for everyone at the same time you're wanting to round up everybody that doesn't believe like you you have a problem and we have In a lot Canada, of those they're going to get us with our health care that's how they'll get us when they finally yeah. want to get us. if you want yeah. your free health care you have to have this done and there's no alternative to free health care because you have socialized medicine right and i've heard that and if it comes being- to that then i'll move to the states Yeah, I've heard that being thrown around here today for Social Security benefits. Um, So we'll see if that happens or not. But that's a little scuttlebutt that's coming down the pipeline. That's how they'll get because now if you want to rely on the state for those things, then you're going to have to fall in line with the state. So I would argue yourself and be prepared in such a way that you don't ever have to rely on the state for those things at any point in your life. And hopefully you can. Yep that in some way like i never plan on giving a fuck about the canadian pension they can you know like i don't agree i can walk away from the state has to depend on me being able to not not rely on it for anything as well which is why eventually if i have to i'll i'll head south of the borders where i can entertain private health care as well because technically in canada i can't legally do that (laughs) really yeah there's no private doctors True. There, well, you there is pay, some. I think you there's can probably pay a doctors. little bit of money to skip the line on MRIs and stuff. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, dude. There's no class system. Yeah. Well, you can go to natural. You're complaining enough already that me being able to pay eight hundred dollars because I think it's worth it to skip the line to get an MRI is already a too much of a class system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which so, is why Canadians, when they get really sick, if they have the money, they go to the states and pay the money. Because yeah. in Canada, you might wait 18 months for a brain scan for something that'll kill you in six. Yeah, exactly. But that there again. Not complaining. I mean, I think it's great that I don't stress out too much, but I mean, 
It's also the thing Canadians forget is it's about it's between nine and twelve percent of your gross income is is going to healthcare. Right. And if they get everybody on board with that new um, socialism slash communism build back better plan, which is where most countries have signed on to, that could go up to like sixty percent of your income. So, well, Canada's already you know probably one of the most socialist countries in the world. So, yeah, we're already paying forty to. I mean, if you're a single person with no kids making over a hundred grand a year, you're probably taxed at 55%. That's insane. Absolutely insane. So you guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Give a shout out to where they can find your stuff at. Uh, Grammerica.ca, GrammericaOutlaw.ca, AdultBrain.ca, contact Canadian Canadian, uh, CanadianShame.ca. That's probably about it. Um, yeah. I mean, you could probably find us by typing social media. Social uh, media. We're just Grimerica on everything. Darren Grimes is a British cat. That's not me. <laughs> it's perfect, though. It's a perfect. He's story. in a lot of trouble, too. You can't find me on Google. You cannot find me. So we can. Maybe we if you search Darren Grimerica, I might turn up. But other than we that, you can't find your OnlyFans page. I don't need an OnlyFans yet. <laughs> Graham will have an OnlyFans first at this rate. He's he's grinning right now, so I'm not really sure about that. <laughs> so, you guys, thanks so much for joining me today. Really appreciate it. So, plug your book again. What's the name of your book and where can they find it? A Canadian Shame. Uh, CanadianShame.ca. Okay. And can they get that uh, audio version on the same place, or is it also available on other places to yeah, download? Yeah, you just go to – it's all through Amazon pretty much. Amazon will link you to the audio book and the ebook and everything. Fantastic. So, Mr. Darren, Mr. Graham, thank you again and for me and for these lovely gentlemen from Grimerica, we shall see you next time. Have a good one. Thank you.